2: good morning and happy sunday ladies and gentlemen yes i very much wanted to say happy saturday because that is what i'm used to but happy sunday brian prudhomme dave cook it is the northland sports page we got bumped today normally we should get upset with whoever had the nerve to bump us a day but dave cook the people that had the nerve to bump us a day yesterday was us yeah you
0: and me uh, we uh had uh Quite the hockey opportunity yesterday. We did. And uh, we were able to uh, call the Duluth East Coon Rapids uh, section semifinals. Yep, we're getting there. And uh, yeah, and so we decided to move our show to today in order to give Steve Potosha and his kids a little bit of do.
2: Absolutely. It was well worth it for that crew. They advanced to the section final. They'll take on Andover on Thursday. Andover had a good day yesterday as well, dispatching of Grand Rapids relatively easily. Two of the three periods, at least, were very much their direction, not unlike the East game yesterday, too. Well,
0: that tells you how good Andover is because, and I've said this a hundred times on the air and to you, there's one hockey team in in our region, two hockey teams, in call it that, that don't fear anybody, and it's Grand Rapids. Like, they win games they shouldn't right. because they're just not impressed. Because they are
2: the Halloween machine. yep. And even and though section playoffs are nowhere near Halloween on the calendar, they don't care.
0: And so Rapids getting swatted by um, – Andover. It says did a you lot just about invent Andover. a verb, or did I, did. I not know nope, that one? Nope, I did. That, I was gonna but, say. I, I hey, know that, that means the, today is just like Saturday. I
2: was gonna say I know the Zwok family, athletically <laughs> speaking, but I didn't know about Zwalked or Zwalked. But yep, either way, yep. Andover did something to beat Grand Rapids.
0: Yeah, and handily. How about that? Better. Yes. yes. And And uh, so that that's got to wake East up. They. Got, I mean, obviously Andover is one of the best teams in the state, so East doesn't need a uh, like a shaking saying, "Hey, heads up!" But if you thought gosh, we're the number one seed, they just beat the devil out of Grand Rapids.
2: Right, and I think that's kind of the debate because the one or the two, whether it be East or Andover, and they are the top two, I think if you would have seeded it the reverse, nobody would have argued with that either. The difference maker was they did meet once this year. East won that handily, to use your word again. Yep. But most pundits don't expect anybody to handle anybody else on Thursday.
0: No, we'll see if there's some magic left in the old deck in Elk River uh, and see if Andover comes up and and gets... uh, I don't know, shook up by the building.
2: Absolutely. So section playoffs are here. Seven double A is to the finals. Seven A will get there after Monday. We've got another hockey doubleheader on Monday. We get to see Hermantown and Hibbing. That'll be at 530 Monday and roughly 730, meaning following that game.
0: We'll have a good one. Denfeld Rock Ridge. Yeah, I'm really excited about that game. You know, the Hermantown game probably go to chalk, right? But the uh, the Rock Ridge Denfeld game ought to be fun because the best player on the ice is going to play for, Den- for Denfeld. And, Mr. Andy Larson. And so what we haven't seen is we haven't seen any kind of depth out of Rock Ridge. You and right, I. I mean, right. the Troutwine kid we know about. Well, I was going to say, we solid. saw them
2: last year, but I don't know about you. I did the play-by-play of the game, so obviously I'm focusing on who has the puck. But in order to give you a synopsis of Rock Ridge, I need to see him again because I was enamored by the building up there last year. <laughs> That's
0: right. You were staring at the yeah. shiny things. But, I mean, that team ought to be really good. You know, if you look at teams around the I can the tell region, you they're well coached. Well, not, that just, he's my buddy. not just that, but they're pulling from two-storied franchises, right. right? The Virginia team and the Eveleth team. And so it'll be interesting. Um, I think that, you know, Denfeld, again, when you have the best player on the ice, you always have a shot. Um, it'll be very interesting to see Rockridge.
2: I think it definitely will. So, again, that's Monday. That's the nightcap of the double dip. Hermantown and Hibbing will kick it off, and they will play for a berth in Wednesday's section finals for 7A. So it's an interesting flip of the script thanks to the weather postponement because – We thought going into this show today, we would know the finalists in both because 7A was initially scheduled for Thursday. Thank you. And then 7AA, yes, you got a chance to get back to Arizona to call games instead. But 7AA wasn't going to have finalists until today because of yesterday's games anyway. But 7A was initially supposed to be way ahead of them. So now it's going to be a pretty quick turn from semis to finals for the single-A level.
0: Yeah, so tonight I have the semi semifinals. You at have Mars. hockey all
2: the time. We should have bumped in with the hockey song
0: because <laughs> you have hockey all the time. Monday we got two. Tuesday we got nothing. Wednesday we got a game. Thursday we got a game. And then if uh, if everything goes tonight, then I'll have another playoff game in the Mayak at the end of right. the week. Right.
2: Welcome to your week. The only way we wouldn't have a game Wednesday is somehow if Denfeld and Hermantown both get beat. If it's a battle of the range for 7A... We wouldn't carry it, but I'm assuming one of those two, I don't know which one, we'll get there.
0: Yeah, I would think I would think one of those two should get there, yeah.
2: Absolutely. So all of those teams trying to create unforgettable moments in their season, the quest to the X is definitely here. Speaking of unforgettable, I was a little bit relieved when we walked into Amazon yesterday that people there actually acknowledged the show. They haven't forgotten about us, even though we're yeah. a day late this week, because we walked in the press box knowing we were preempting ourselves, and people said, hey, where's the show? And we kind of said, well, we're walking in, but it's a different sort of show today.
0: Hey, I agree with you, but can we talk a quick second about what we saw yesterday? Sure. Um, as long as you tell me what that is. Well, a little bit about the game, because I think there was some unsung kids from East that should get sung a little bit here. Um, the, the forward, number eight. Makoto Sudo. Sudo. So the first, the first period of that game, Coon Rapids came out, great guns. Defensively they were very solid. You know
2: who'd have loved the first period yesterday is Jacques Lemaire. If you watched Rapid, Rabbit said, This is what I had in mind. Bring yep. it to the prep
0: level. Absolutely. And and they had great sticks in the defensive side and they were very physical. And the kid that played through that was eight. Like he was he was there but he was the East best player in the first in right. the first period. Right. And and then the Grant Winkler, and I know he's got a letter, and I know it's tough to to undersell the kid with the letter. Right? Man, he was special yesterday. Like he kept them in the game when things were squirrely in the right. first period. Right. Um, he was the guy breaking the puck out. You could see he was the confident guy on the ice, and then that allowed Christian to, to get going and uh really the Donovan goal, which was the back. Right. Record. I was gonna say
2: when you get goals from Pseudo Donovan and Tang, and then the last one I believe was Caden Cole, they're all good players, but the target, and just ask Coon Rapids, the target he is on core Christian. <laughs> He did plenty. He was still my number one star yesterday, but for him not to tally and for them to get four is big.
0: Yeah, I, I'd not seen a box and one in hockey for a long time, but they marked Christian. Man, they chased him. They had one kid, number twenty, who that was his job—the Golden kid. Yeah, yep, the Golden kid. They he would be, you know, the play would be elsewhere, and Christian would be floating, and twenty was in his hip pocket the whole game. Uh, so no, that was that was fun when when East gets those the guys who you don't normally hear about going. That's a tough hockey team.
2: No doubt about it. So again, they will try to make a big moment on Thursday, capture the Section 7AA title if they can beat the Andover Huskies. But I tried to throw you a golden segue and you threw me backwards. But again, when we walked into Amso yesterday, it was good to know that this show, although a day late this week, is not forgotten because people did ask and were here. We could have done maybe a shortened show in the press box yesterday and gone on to hockey, but... I like having the full two hours today. We don't want to be forgotten at any point.
0: No, that that's a hundred percent right, Brian. And you know to, that's going to kind of be the the theme of the day. Is some we're going to talk about some forgotten stuff. Um, you know, what, hopefully I can do a little forgotten stuff on on the past week. Uh, the the Arizona thing was something that uh, doesn't need to be remembered too well, and, or too long. I guess too well is the wrong word. Um, and so yeah, it's good. today. ought to be fun? You know, we're going to have a whole a whole. Two hours of visiting about some real interesting stuff and we got to see some hockey and we get to opine on some hockey that's coming. It
2: will be fun it always is we can't forget to keep the theme alive to thank our sponsors because no matter what day they put us on we're only here because of them.
0: Absolutely and let's start with the OG that's Arola Architecture Studio who kept us going and not just making us forgotten uh, during the pandemic and whatnot. Ryan kept us going. Uh, Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings. Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Justin May at Messina & Associates, who we'll talk to here in a little bit, Avenue 45, the Blackwoods Group, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, Stewart's, Bike Sports & Trophies, The Incline Station, and Famous Dave's, now located up by Sam's.
2: Absolutely correct. So we are very thankful for all of them. We will never forget them. And again, the reason that that's the theme of the day is because yesterday for 7AA was a section semis. And barring a jaw-dropping performance... That is often the round that gets kind of thrown to the wind later. Everybody's going to talk about, okay, but what did they do in the final? Who got to state? And then what did they do once they got to the state tournament? So the semis, unless somebody does something you never see, rarely gets talked about. That's not unique to section semifinal hockey. There are a lot of different sports moments that are overlooked because of something that happened around it or after it. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit. And we've done this before in some ways. We've talked about the play before the play. You know, who won game six to make game seven possible? That sort of thing. But we're going to go further, even a deeper dive on that. And I think what maybe spearheaded this was the Miracle on Ice anniversary falling this past week. And everybody remembers, oh, USA over USSR. That was the game. That's the miracle. That's the movie topic. That's the discussion point. Well, they didn't win anything for that game. And people forget, you know, it's a trivia answer. Who'd they beat to capture the gold? The answer's Finland. I think most of us know that, but most of us don't know anything about that game where you can almost give the play-by-play and certainly the last Al Michaels call of the miracle win. So I don't necessarily want to talk about the Finland game itself because I can't. That's the point. (laughs) We're going to talk about what are some of the other games that you don't hear about that you probably should.
0: Yeah, but going to that game, you're right. That, That game was, even then, that game was the forgotten game. You know, everybody was a little bit on pins and needles, but we should have won that game. Um, but yeah, that, that is the ultimate forgotten game, but you know, it's interesting, Brian, because how often do we, do we, um, push players to, to not look forward? Right. 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 And, uh, and I think the Russians looked forward. I think they, they said, well, you know, we've knocked these guys around, you know, before the Olympics often. And so we got to play Finland for the gold.
2: Well, and then I still think about what would the reaction have been had they got the giant win over the Soviet Union? and then lost to Finland. If that was a miracle team that got a miracle silver out of the bit because as Vikings fans we know it too well. The propped up game always will be the Minneapolis miracle. Yeah. And then you think about the Philly folly afterwards and nobody talks about it, but that's for different reason. Nobody talks about it because when you get pounded, you go, well, let's just not discuss that. But it's different when wins get overshadowed. That's
0: a new concept. Yeah, and and one of the things you and I really talked about and let's just start with the with the fun one, right? So the game before the 2009 loss to the Saints. you know, Yeah. We, Dallas was, like you had said the they other day. They were
2: America's team again.
0: Yep, and everybody was just waiting to see Dallas and New Orleans. Right. And goodness gracious, Brett Favre went to Dallas and just wrecked Dallas.
2: I was going to say, Brett Favre and Sidney Rice said, you know, that's super cute, and Tony Romo might be popular now because he rambles on and on as an analyst, but the narrative on Tony Romo wasn't unlike the current Kirk Cousins one. What is he gonna do with the bright lights on him in the Metrodome that day? It wasn't much.
0: Yeah, nope, it wasn't much. And you're right. Tony Romo's reputation was like something good's gonna happen until the end of the game and Romo's gonna do something. Right. Um, man, he gets a lot of play for a guy who wasn't all that good of a quarterback. Well,
2: but again, that goes back to what franchise was he with? Because yes, anytime yes, Dallas yes, yes. has the opportunity to get propped up, they're going to be. That's how the national media works. And then you remember that game, I believe it was Buck and Aikman that were doing it. I'm not going to pick on announcers, but if Troy Aikman isn't going to sit there and tell you that he hopes Dallas does well, it's a little bit like me doing an East game saying, well, I hope Coon Rapids plays great. That's that's false.
0: <laughs> no, you do. That doesn't mean that East doesn't run them, right? Isn't right. That what you they can been? be great. East would just have to be better than great. Yes, exactly right. So, no, the um, that uh, that type of game, and, and in particular that game, uh, is one we never talk about. Right. I mean— I do because I was doing a hockey game, and every time there was any kind of break at all, I was dashing into the locker room to take a look. But right.
2: Well, what wasn't fair is was in 09, I didn't know you yet. Otherwise, I would have taken care of you with several text messages.
0: <laughs> That's correct. Back then, I probably would have just unplugged the phone and put it in the car. Right. Who is this guy that, that keeps telling me everything? Yeah, exactly. Right. OMG. <laughs> um, but the uh, the uh, that, that game is one of the one of the ones that you, you get a chance to overlook. I think... That one game that we overlook in the 87 is the Niners game.
2: See, now I would have said the opposite. It's interesting that you have that point, and I'll let you make it in a moment. But I was going to back up further and say everybody talks about the Niners game because that's knocking off who should have won. That's basically ending Montana's dynasty life and Anthony Carter's ridiculous day. Yeah. I would say people forget about the game that even got them there because New Orleans was kind of the darling, and Bobby Hebert and company got stomped by Minnesota. But if you think it's the Niners, I'll listen.
0: Go ahead. Yeah, I think it is because of what you said. We beat the darling, right? And then we got into the next game, and we still talk about the game that got them there. And then, yes, we we did do the unimaginable, right? But we always talk about the one and forget about the other because then we're in the championship game, which we should have won. Um against against a Washington team right. that gave us the game.
2: Well, and again, how much of that is the factor we don't talk about certain things because it ended with a loss. Maybe again, it's the Washington the miracle game on we ice don't is, talk about. Right. And that's the that's the other close title game yeah. loss yep. with the Saints and the Falcons.
0: Yeah, it, that's why there's a big brown mark between the two and the zero on the Vikings jersey, because Darren Nelson took a football right in the numbers. Right. And uh didn't hold on.
2: Well, and some of it is just the simple fact that because of the heartbreaking loss that followed do you not remember as well the win because you know the Atlanta season the 98 wonderful season except for how it ended nobody seems to remember except for sports nerds like me that they pummeled Jake Plummer and company the Arizona team that you know I believe it was Corey Chavis and uh, Aeneas Williams said we're going to shut down Carter and Moss and they went really
0: yeah right well those are two pretty short guys trying to right I mean good good cover guys but that's it if I remember i Williams was 5'9". Something, something to that, that effect. Word. Yeah, that's a tough, that's a tough, Moss is a tough get for that. Um, but, you know, even the, even the, the, the 41 donut game.
2: Who, they beat a good New Orleans team at home the week before. There. Yeah, yep.
0: and, and I couldn't even tell you who they beat before because the donut game was such a, I a think, large thing.
2: I think, and here's a forgotten guy that had a decent short career. I think that New Orleans team that they beat in Minneapolis had Aaron Brooks at quarterback.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Aaron Brooks is a guy that could throw, right?
2: And that reaction is the perfect theme for this segment because it's, oh, yeah, that's right. That's the idea. How many wins or losses if you want, but this is Minnesota. Losses get the focus. We get it. How many wins got forgotten because of some major game that that is known for? Because I'm going to switch to baseball because we've only got about 10 minutes. Did The fact that 91 is arguably, and for me it's not even arguably, but I'll say that just to satisfy people, the fact that 91 is arguably the best World Series ever did it overshadow everything about '87? Nobody talks about that Twins Cardinal series except for the fact that it was first and it was fun. But game by game, we don't give that analysis.
0: No, no, we do not. And and you're right because in the in the, Atla- in the Atlanta in that series, the the game that I think it's completely underrated is the first game in Atlanta. Okay. Where, you know, Chile had to play. But see now,
2: look what you did. I just talked about 87 and you jumped to 91 right away. You're playing into my hands.
0: Right. No, because we don't talk about that game where the, the twins were just discombobulated. Yeah, where Chile right? Davis
2: went yard off Alejandro Pena and got him
0: back in it. Yep, exactly right. But that eighty, the 87 game, the 87 series, were such two different styles of ball. You know, the, the whitey ball versus... Um, You know, Tom Kelly's uh, ball game where we also had power and skill and and everything all over the place.
2: He had 430 home run guys, and back then that was a ton. Yeah,
0: and the Cardinals had a bunch of runners and Jack Clark.
2: Well, and all their guys were hurt. Jack Clark didn't really play in that series. Ah, That's true. Terry Pendleton was about 75%.
0: That's true. But we, you when know, you're
2: starting Game Seven with Joe McGrain, something went wrong on your
0: roster. Yeah, but they kind of that was they they were pitched contact before that was cool, right? because yeah. John Tudor was their guy.
2: Newsflash, it's not cool now either. <laughs>
0: well, we got it now. You right, better we sure him. do. Um, no, the uh, that Cardinal team, like you said, was a little beat up, but they were still going in a prohibitive favorite to win that World Series, and we always remember like the Herbeck Grand Slam. Um, but there were games early. Uh, In that that were you know up in the air, and when our I mean our catcher wasn't great, and to have the Cardinals with all that speed, uh, we just somehow got through it.
2: I think that's fair. I think Game One gets overlooked because the Twins nobody knew you know who are these guys. They can't win a game on the road, which they proven even in winning World Series they didn't do that either. But when Dan Gladden hit a grand slam early. And they beat St. Louis 10-1 to 1 in game one. Mm-hmm. People are like, whoa, wait a minute. Is this team really going to get this done? And they did. A little bit of mystery because it goes seven. But some of those early games, you just shrug them off.
0: You Unfairly, know I think. You just made a good point. You want to know a forgotten player for the Twins? Dan Gladden. Dan Gladden.
2: Maybe. Depends yeah. on if you tune in on the radio these days or not.
0: No, but you might remember him as a broadcaster. I'd rather but, not, but, but that's think, different. Think of all the big plays in Twins history that's somewhere in that line is Dan Gladden.
2: The broken bad double. That's the reason Gene Larkin's a hero in game seven.
0: The uh the triple play he started with the line drive off the off the uh plexiglass. I mean he man, he had a lot of uh games that were he made the difference. I remember when they traded for him and it was like, oh, okay, you got a scrappy guy. Yeah, it's a Tom Kelly kind of guy. If you look back on it, man, he had a lot of big moments for the Twins.
2: Well, we started this, and I'm going to jump sports again for the sake of time because we want to talk to Dave Hoops in about five minutes. We started this talking about high school hockey because that's what we did yesterday. Now, I'm going to talk about a loss for my favorite school, my alma mater, the Apple Valley, the five overtime game. Okay, that was in a semifinal. Yeah. I could not tell you unless I go look it up who Apple Valley beat to win the title the next day. Yeah. Because nobody talks about that game unless you live in Apple Valley or went there.
0: Yep. Well, and, and as somebody that's followed, you know, Marshall forever, um, you know, we talk about the Hermantown championship loss. We never talk about the fact that Marshall took kind of took St. Thomas, who was the number one team to the woodshed in the game, in the game before that to get to that championship game. And so, uh, we do miss out on those on those big games that get us places.
2: Well, and even in 95 when Duluth East did win the state championship. Now, I remember Spiars penalty shot. I remember Matt Cullen being on Moorhead. I remember the final. But I went there, and my friends were on that team. I would think the masses remember Duluth East in the first round ending the Jefferson Dynasty.
0: Yes, and that, you know, it's really sad to look at Bloomington hockey now. Right. Um, because at one time... If it wasn't Jefferson, it was Kennedy coming at you. But uh, actually, that sounds like a weird American history thing. But um, no, the that that East team and that – I mean, that Jefferson team was the team that kind of chased Burnsville's run that they had with Osiki and, and that group. And so to end the Southern Metro um, was a big deal back then, right, because that those two teams dominated for a decade.
2: I just think it's so interesting, and that's the point of this segment is – You know, overlooking losses is one thing. For us to say, well, we try to turn a blind eye to 41 Donut. We try to turn a blind eye to Philly Folly, all that stuff. I get the reason why. I'll also say this. We're terrible at it. We don't turn a blind eye to it at all. It comes up with every sentence possible. But it's interesting when a big win happens, even if there's nothing rewarded for it, you talk about the year. You say, you know, 91. You say 87. You say a year that something happened. And you go to that one win, even if it's not the big clincher. I'll even say with 91 as the benchmark, do you think, and I'm open to either answer, do you think more people talk about Kirby's game, which was game six, or Morris's game seven? The easy answer would be game seven because you don't win anything if you don't win that. But which one do you marvel at a little bit more? I think yeah, that's a tough question to I answer. I agree,
0: but you know what we don't talk about as well is the fact that they beat a team that they never, ever beat to even Toronto. Toronto. And, that and Toron- they won it
2: in Toronto. They clinched that series in Toronto. You could do the same thing in 87. Detroit should have pummeled them, and they
0: didn't. The thing about the Twins in Detroit, it was not so lopsided. Like, Detroit was good, and the Twins were good, and, and they played the same kind of game.
2: But Doyle Alexander was supposed to be the difference, and the Twins didn't care.
0: And the Twins did not care. But that that Toronto team owned us. And Scott Erickson, with his arm hanging by a thread, because he had blown his arm already, right? Um, you know, just kept throwing and, and they couldn't touch Steve. They couldn't touch Jimmy Key. All those guys on that Toronto team that didn't touch all year until the playoffs. And then you had, you know, those huge pitching moments uh, to get them to the World Series to start with. Because I did not think they were getting to the World Series.
2: I think that's fair. So let's go back to the original question. Is it game six or game seven that you think is a bigger deal among the masses?
0: Oh, seven is among the masses. But they forget the pucket catch. Right, you forget about the against the wall right um, over the shoulder bucket catch to get him there
2: Let me ask you this there's also a big moment in game two and without it is it talked about at all Do you only talk about that series and talk about six or seven if Ron Gatt meets Ken herbeck's WWF impression back then is game two even mentioned
0: No um, that is a that's a such a huge moment in that playoffs and, the, and Atlanta will never forget that moment right right. But I wonder if it's any less or more important than Chuck Knobloch faking Lonnie Smith out of his socks with the should have been a triple um, held up at second because Knobloch made such a great fake.
2: I'll give you one last gopher wheelhouse-type material. What about NCAA tournaments? We're supposed to pretend the 97 Final Four team didn't happen, but is there a victory there or in gopher lore back when basketball was good? It's not now. But back when gopher basketball was good, is there something that stands out? Because, okay, so they lost – to Kentucky in that Final Four, but the UCLA win was pretty unforgettable. You know they lost to Dennis Scott and that Georgia Tech team way back before that with uh, I believe Willie Burton, Kevin yeah. Lynch in that group. But there was a big win over Derek Coleman and Syracuse that's, that I think more people talk about.
0: See, I think that's the one people don't talk about—that Syracuse game. So I'm that
2: sports nerd because I <clears> do.
0: Because Derek Coleman was all that, and uh, when they when they beat that team, that was completely unexpected. Um, I tell me this. And I heard this, and I think I think it's right. I think the Gophers should hang a banner for the 97 team. I, I
2: don't, don't know that you legally can, but right now you should because you need something good to talk about. They them. don't
0: have to call it the NCAA. I mean, they could just hang the banner.
2: What do you have it say? 1997 was a hell of a season? Can, sure. you, can you
0: put that on the roof? Or you could put their, their totals or whatever, but... I think they should celebrate it, even though the NCAA says ignore it.
2: Well, I'll tell you this. If the Gophers don't write the ship in the basketball world soon, they might have to have a slogan on Williams Arena that says, at least we were good in 1997. Haven't yeah, right, been since. Right. Real quick on the NHL, I think it's the Wild over the Vancouver Canucks when they made that run to the conference finals. Everybody talks about, hey, they ended Patrick Waugh's career first and then J.S. Giguere shut him down. Nobody remembers they did the 3-1 comeback twice. The middle one was Vancouver.
0: Yeah, and that's when Vancouver was very, very good. And so, you know, the, the Wild have those moments, but they have too many of the moments the other direction.
2: No question about it. The idea is to try to make it unforgettable or perhaps less forgettable. We're trying to be unforgettable here on a Sunday. Different day. We are the same show. We're Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. We're going to call Dave. Hoops. he's next. Stick around. We'll be right back.
3: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify.
2: Oh, that song can only mean one thing, or maybe two. A couple people have told us one means you need a new song, but two means it's time for our daddy shark. Dave Hoops is with us. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, Northland Sports Page. We've moved to a Sunday. We're going to talk to one of our sponsors. We
0: want to acknowledge all of them before we do that. Absolutely. Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai. Uh, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies. The Incline Station. Famous Dave's. Arola Architecture Studios. OAR Holdings. Sammy's Pizza. Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing. Justin May at Messina & Associates. Avenue 45, the Blackwoods Group, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, and without further ado, Dave Hoops from Hoops Brewing.
2: Absolutely. We got a chance to see him briefly yesterday. All of a sudden, somebody snuck into the press box and came up behind us, but we were thrilled to see him. We'll talk a lot of hockey with him today. Dave Hoops, good morning, sir. How are you doing on Sunday?
1: Um, good morning, guys. Uh, I'm good. I'm I'm excited about hockey. I'm excited about the upcoming NCAA March Madness Tournament, um, there's a lot of good stuff this time of the year for sports.
2: No doubt. This is one of my favorite moments in the calendar. Actually, about three, four weeks worth of the calendar is quite good right now. I want to start with NHL talk, though, because you are one of our gurus in that department. And I looked at just some of the recaps from yesterday, and I thought, boy, Dave Hoops might have a lot to say about these things. Goaltending-wise, Vasilevsky had a 45-save shutout yesterday. That's pretty impressive. We had a goaltender score an empty net goal for Boston. That's pretty impressive. And then near and dear to your heart, I assume, Mr. Marlowe got a jersey retirement. You have the floor, my friend. Yeah,
1: um, just a really, really great day. Obviously, uh, I watched that and enjoyed it a lot. And um, I'm a big fan. I've got a signed jersey down at work next to Gordie Howe because, as you know, he beat the all-time games played record that Mr. Howe had. Um, And, yeah, it was a really nice – it was the first jersey they've ever retired in um, 32 years of being a franchise. Um, Also never won anything much like our own Minnesota Vikings. Um, It's great. And um, I really enjoyed that, but also it's, it's, this is a great week. It's trades. Uh, Mr. Kane, we're looking at the Rangers. There's two major sharks that are probably going to move Carlson and Meyer, Timo Meyer. Um, It's really, it's, it's a really exciting time. And the sharks also managed to drop into number 30 of 32 yesterday on that sweepstakes for number one. In the meantime, the Wild are still – they're hanging, but the Avs, dangerous, dangerous team.
2: Yeah, big big one for the Wild this afternoon, a little different with a Sunday matinee, but getting Columbus again should help you because that's a bad hockey team.
0: Well, and they went nuts yesterday against uh, Edmonton. They have to be a little bit gassed. 6-5, and it was fast and furious. We listened to the Edmonton broadcast for about two minutes yesterday and the and the play-by-play guy was out of breath. So I Which would, I related to all too well. I think that Columbus is set up today. Wild got to play good, but I think Columbus set up.
2: It'll be interesting, Dave Hoops. I want to go back to the trade topic, though, because Patrick Kane of the Rangers does have steam. He left the Chicago road trip, so we'll see how long it takes to get something done. I'd be a little disappointed because I do enjoy his name at least being floated around the Wild. Obviously, the hashtag one of us, Brock Besser name has been floated around as well but the financial straps that the wild are about to experience or are experiencing make it difficult in Billy G we trust, but do you think we trust him enough to make some sort of move here? Or are we going to keep being this weird third party that just takes on portions of salaries and trades?
1: Well, I actually am really interested in this because they keep on just seemingly taking whatever draft pick they can get. Right. And throwing a little bit of money. They have a little bit of money right now. The real question though is Kane? Do they need Kane? You know that that's a real question. And what's the upside to trying to get somebody like that here? I um, mean, you know, obviously he's a he's an epic talent. Um, in in the backside of it, though, I'm really curious. Like yesterday, I think they picked up another tr- uh, pick, didn't they, on the uh pick uh, trade? I think they did.
2: They may have been I involved have in in him to Winnipeg. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't looked at that very closely. I did get a text. I was working a lot of games yesterday. I went right from Amsoil to East. Switched from hockey to basketball. And I did get a text that said Nino to the Jets. And I said, Isn't that an Elton John song? And I know it's not. That was my bad pun. But I'll have to check into that deal a little bit further. But yeah, it's been interesting because, you know, the joke earlier this week was, boy, it's got to be emotional for Ryan O'Reilly to play a game against his former team when Toronto played the Wild on Friday night and O'Reilly was a member of Minnesota for about an hour. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I want to switch to the high school level because, of course, that's where we saw you yesterday. And. Duluthies got the win. They'll play Andover Thursday to say that there's a section final history between these two teams. Pretty big understatement.
1: Yeah, this is really exciting. Now, um, it's interesting, too, because we have two two northern ch- sections, true northern sections. Now, we've got two teams going up to double A. This is a different topic. We've got one team, Colquet, leaving. Um, what kind of reassessment of uh, of our sections are we going to look at, number one? Number two, is it only Moorhead and Roseau that ever goes to state from number eight? (laughs) And, yeah, I mean, that's the real question. And number three, obviously, I'm going to be picking the Hounds. And um, I'm really excited. I'll be going, as I always do, to the tournament with Finn. Um, for those of you that really would love to go to these games, it took me 11 years to be on that list, like Packers tickets to
0: own. I was
2: going to say that's Minnesota's version of Lambo. I like it. Go ahead, Dave Cook.
0: Yeah, no, you know, Dave, Dave, the team you're forgetting is Bemidji. Bemidji's the third team that goes. I don't know if anybody else okay. goes, but there, there yeah. you go. There's your three teams. Thank you. Yeah. I was wondering.
1: And also what will happen now? Um, I don't know that we're going to get that into it, but I was, um, well, I don't know. Shocked and uh, deeply into the article that I read this weekend, which I'm not sure if you want to touch that or not. That's up to you, boys. But it is a really controversial time of the year up here for these games. Um, and, uh, you know, also Jerry Burrow picked East to win. Now, I don't know how much credit we we're going to give him on that. But I, um, as always, like you just mentioned, forever and ever, Amsoil will be the other team's kryptonite, right? That's
2: the deal. Let's hope, but I still think the funny controversy is that people think that there's a home ice advantage for Duluth East in those games. I'll tell you what, going into yesterday, Duluth East had played as many games this season at Amsoil as everybody else there, so that theory needs to die. As far as the article that you read, I'm going to stick to my tweet because my tweet said there are certain things in this world that it's not worth expressing your opinion on because you know both sides and the emotion gets too high and it doesn't change anything. So I'm going to ahead and leave that there. But Dave Hoops... I've had a lot of questions for you, but Dave Cook always has the good ones. I'm going to pass the torch.
0: Yep. All right. So I was uh, in Arizona. They were talking about some coaching changes and whatnot, and it and it brought this question to mind because I think it shows our our different generations here. I'm going to you. I'm going to say the, a phrase, and I want the first name that comes to your head. Right? Head coach.
2: We're doing word association. We're doing the first case. the first name.
0: Yep. No, in the name of the coach that comes to mind um, first. Uh, Bill Cowher. I, okay. sorry. I, I, I wish he was still coaching. And it doesn't matter what sport does not matter what sport
2: Gino Ariema for me.
0: See, I thought that's what it was going to be. Yeah. See, and, and so because of when I grew up and who I paid attention to, it's still bear Bryant. Like, isn't that weird to think when they say, you know, who's the coach, I still go to bear Bryant. And that's because my dad went to bear Bryant.
2: See, and I go to Gino because I'm not trying to be different. I'm not trying to be cute. It's just, he put yeah, a sport on the map by himself, and he has such deep thoughts about life in general that doesn't relate specifically to his sport that when he talks, I listen. Now, I know he's had some controversy around his rivalry with South Carolina. UConn's a little bit down. When you're down and you're losing three, four games, I'm on your bandwagon.
0: Yeah, I just think it's interesting how the phrase head coach and somebody pops in your head. Yeah. And and that was the purpose of the question. Well,
2: we did a topic a long time ago. If you played said sport, who would you want to play for? And I'm not going to get into gender identification, but we said NCAA basketball, and I said, Gino, even though I couldn't have.
0: Yeah, no, and and that's that's right. Like, if you wanted to play basket, NBA right now, wouldn't you want to play for Cheryl? Yeah. Yeah. Really, I would. I mean, yes. All right, so this one's going to be a little different, all right? So we talk, when, when we talk in general about the hardest thing to do in sports, we talk about hitting a round ball with a round bat. Right. right. All right, so... Let's get baseball out of the picture. Guys, what's the hardest thing to do in these three sports? Let's start with football. Think about the game. What's the hardest thing to do in football?
2: Wow. Dave Hoops, as a former player, I have to let you go first because uh, I don't have a lot of insight as far as on the field, but I've got some opinions as a broadcaster, but the floor is yours.
1: Well, I'll tell you what the funnest thing to do is it, it's hitting people. Boy, that is <laughs> just the best thing ever. But I would, I would say um, place-kicking. Like, none of us know how to do that. Yep. I think that's really difficult.
2: I would agree with that because there are literally specialists for it. It's not one of those plug-and-play positions. I also think proper execution of a screen pass is looking harder and harder, the way oh, the linemen have to time them's way, their way of getting downfield. You know, I guess for the Vikings, I've seen it executed so poorly at times, but then at the times that it looks great, it looks great, so you go, this must be really difficult.
0: See, I think it's man-corner. I think a cornerback who's in man against these super receivers that we have now, I mean, it's almost impossible at times.
2: Well, I think if you go by the favorite team that you watch, for the Vikings, it's anything defensively. Yeah, Tackling, right? covering, pass rushing, being in position, having the right number of men on the field for when Chile was in charge, offensively.
0: All right, basketball.
2: Dave Hoops, go ahead.
0: Well, um
1: Okay. Probably executing a perfect alley-oop because um, none of us can do that, the three of us. Um, And number two, that timing and everything else, I would say not traveling, but they don't call traveling. So uh, I'm going to go with that one.
2: I think the difficulty depends on the focus, obviously, put on it. Maybe this is part of the game changing, but I think a proper box-out is more difficult maybe than it used Mm. to be. And it could be because the game has become who can shoot threes the best, and the old adage of long shots, long rebounds. But some of it is just the nature of the beast. You can think you know where a ball is going to go off a rim or off the backboard or what have you, but good rebounders are very difficult to find because putting a body on someone and being in the right position, it's a coordinated guessing game, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, 100%. See, for me, after seeing Mike Conley play with Gobert, I think it's the pick and roll. I think, And it shouldn't
2: be because... I used to coach sixth grade girls, and that was the first thing that I taught.
0: I, but to see a really quality pick and roll where the, where the pass is right where the guy needs it, you know, with everything moving. I, and then we saw D'Lo couldn't be able to do that at all.
2: I have one thing to add to that. I used to play wheelchair basketball, obviously, with my disability. Takes on a new definition when the pick and roll literally has rolling involved. It's truly art.
0: All right. So because we've had hockey on the brain, what's the toughest thing to do in hockey?
2: Play-by-play. Play. Next question. Dave Hoops, go ahead. Uh,
1: Dave, as always, your, your questions are just second to none. You, you need um, acknowledgement. Um, but I was thinking about that. Now, obviously, baseball has a handheld object as well. But starting with hockey, number one, you have a handheld object, that, which is part of the game. Number two, you're going 20-plus miles an hour, okay, moving around people. Uh, just the eye-hand coordination necessary to be able to handle that puck at high speed while you're avoiding being hit in multiple areas. I think it's just the speed, the eye hand, just the overall artistry of the physical game itself is the
0: most difficult thing. See, I think the most difficult thing in hockey has a lot to do with IQ, and that's being able to make the pass to the open guy.
2: Right. I was somewhat tongue-in-cheek when I said play-by-play. I'll still champion its difficulty, and I suppose I should because I'm still trying to master it myself. But I marvel at just how easily... Some of these players catch a pass with a lot on it. You go, boy, your wrists and forearms and to Dave's point, the hand eye has got to be very, very good.
0: Yep, it's amazing to me when you watch like a defenseman on a power play, looking, 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 and then making the perfect pass onto the tape of the guy that's wide open. We saw how difficult that was yesterday when Tang was open a half a dozen times on the on the on the backside, and the pass just wasn't perfect, and he couldn't bury it until the last one. Uh, I think that ability to see and then make the pass is the hardest thing. in hockey.
2: I would agree with you. I'm going to make the pass to Dave Hoops to talk about his brewery, but I want to go this direction first and you won't be surprised. And Dave's son might be upset with me, but Wednesday is March oh, 1st. That's right. That means speed dating is coming to a head. Once again, I've seen billboards for it. I've seen social media promotions for it. How is this going for everybody?
1: Uh, it's going great. So it's kind of exciting that you're, you're serving that up because I want to mention first Tomorrow, we start weekly trivia. Nice. Uh, first time we've ever had it, 6.30 p.m. Um, it's free, and uh, prizes and all kinds of fun will be had. Number two, yes, Wednesday night, before you go watch some hockey down the street, um, we will have speed dating, and it's, um, it's excitement. We fill up all those big tables, which is remarkable to me, and people seem to have a really good time.
2: Well, I think it's perfect because you said before you go watch some hockey, do some speed dating. If the speed dating conversations go well, that's the easy close. Are you going to want to go watch some hockey tonight? It seems pretty easy for me.
1: Oh, yeah, it, it's going to be great. And, um, you know, obviously I'm going to be rooting hard for our, our boys from the west side. So let's see what happens. Um, um, in the meantime, though, we also have some really fun things going on. You guys know this, um, but the public may not. We are sponsoring a bond spiel, yes. which is day three. You took my next um, question, yeah. but go ahead. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Um, it's, down at, uh, it's at the curling club, and we're very proud to be doing it. And um, our team is playing right now, 9.30 start. Um, the winner of that game will be in the championship. Now, we cheat. Um, there's a young man named Plies. I, I don't know what he's at. Yeah, Verdi's like okay. Donald's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so we, he's uh, he's taking care of, uh, of, of our boys, helping out. And so if they win, they're playing in the championship today at 12.30. And it's been a a great weekend. We have teams from Silicon Valley, from Canada, 40 teams. uh, Just really, really uh, grateful that we got to do this. So that was really fun. And then beer, real quick. Yes, Uh, the good stuff. Pears coming back. Yeah, Dave. Nice. Um, Number two, I like to talk about how everybody's making really nice, hazy beers that are really popular. Well, there's an original hazy, the OG of hazy beer is called Half a Bison.
2: Yes, it's been made in
1: Germany. Yeah, thirteen hundred years has been made in Germany. Well, the very first batch we ever made at Hoops Brewing was Half a Bison, which we make year round. Well, we just brewed our 500 batch of beer, which we'll be releasing in I don't know a couple weeks, which is Half a Bison.
2: That's pretty so, cool.
1: So, um, pretty exciting. Yeah. So there's a bunch of fun stuff right there.
2: You do always have a plethora of good stuff. I'm going to end our segment today with a slight anecdote. I'll make it quick. As you know, I'm involved in the hockey community, but before that, I was much deeply, much deeper involved in the basketball community, and that kind of continues as I share them both now. There's a basketball coach that I am dear, dear friends with, and she had heard me rave about cherry ale for about a year and a half, and yesterday, she went to two of the same events that I did, going to the East Hockey Game and going to the East Basketball Game, but in between, I went and worked a JV game, and in between, she went to Hoops Brewing and had her first cherry ale ever. I'm just going to tell you, you've got another huge fan of that wonderful beer.
1: Oh, thank you. I I really, really, uh, even though I'm not sure if we'll do that second batch like we did this year in the future, we've had a bunch of people uh, say that this week, including a bunch of curlers. So, um, yeah, we're proud of the fruit beers we make and the cherry beer especially, Door County, same suppliers for 20 years wonderful farmers great people yeah really cool
2: well i'll tell you this if making the second batch of cherry next year becomes up for debate if there's a certain radio show host that can have any influence at all let me know i'll have some words with you
1: oh yeah well i know what you're gonna say
2: (laughs) you always know Um, what i'm gonna say but these segments are fun anyway dave hoops we totally appreciate you let's talk again in a week my friend we'll have state tournament participants to talk about
1: Yeah, it's going to be great. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great rest of the show. You as
2: well. Have a wonderful Sunday. We are doing Sunday, Northland Sports Page. Day late, but still a fun show. The fun continues with Justin May. Stick around. We'll be right back. And we're back on the Northland Sports Page, bringing it to you on Sundays instead of Saturdays. We built this show initially for Saturdays, but we are adjustable, especially when we preempted ourselves with a little high school (laughs) hockey yesterday. But again, the switch of show times doesn't always benefit everybody. We couldn't reach Justin May, so we're going to tackle things for him today we'll give him a shout out along with all our sponsors
0: yeah in fact let's start with him you know justin has been a great supporter of our show and he picked up uh the games now too we i see that uh, he yes. is now a sponsor of high school hockey so he's really i mean involved in, in everything he has a do. community
2: imprint without a doubt
0: yeah and we were talking we've talked for the blizzard tour i mean justin's really involved Avenue 45, the Blackwoods Group, you know, I believe they still have some openings over the over the hot season, shall we say, uh, at the Moorish Room, at, at the Ballroom, you know, and I'm sure some of the other locations like Proctor has the meeting room as well, Blackwoods Proctor, I'm sure they've got opportunities uh, there as well. Um, Brian, you know the number right offhand, you should give that. I uh, will
2: do that. I'll give you the other sponsor opportunities to give them a shout-out right, first. But
0: you are going to want to give Jax
2: a call. I've got that number ready when you're ready for me.
0: Uh, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, uh, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai. Uh, you can reach them at KohlerToyota.com and KohlerHyundai.com. Stewart's Bikes, Sports and Trophies, The Incline Station, Famous Dave and their new location up in Hermantown right by Sam's Club, Arola Architecture Studio, Hoops Brewing. We just talked to Dave a second ago. OER Holding, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem, uh, and our next guest, Justin May, but before, who is not going to be a guest right. today, Justin oh, Spirit. Geez, so, so we want man, to, David. so we want to give you a shout out, ah, Justin ah, May. Ah, if you'd, ah, you'd like to ah,
2: contact ah, him for all your housing needs, you can do, do it at area code two one eight three one zero nine five five nine. That's the Justin May number. But you wanted the number for Jacks at yeah, Grayson for as
0: well, because the Blackwoods Group really has these opportunities. And you know, I forgot about the Proctor Room. I don't know how many times I've had a big event in Proctor at Blackwoods as well. So there are opportunities all over the region with Blackwoods, uh, with the Blackwoods group. And yeah, let's talk about Jax.
2: Absolutely, Jax. I can tell you that she helped put my wedding together way back in 2013. She's meant a lot to my wife and I. The staff at Graceland overall is excellent. Colin Flaherty is one of the best friends that I've ever made in this town. And he will recommend wholeheartedly to call Jax. And I didn't want to interrupt you, Dave Cook, because I do it so often during the show. So I wanted to wait till you're sponsorship soliloquy was done but give jacks a call that number's 218-722-7466 and again we're throwing phone numbers out like candy justin may normally his segment 218-310-9559 so plenty of good people in this community to contact to tackle any kind of needs you have
0: well and the, and last week before we left uh before the snow Uh, We had uh, some beautiful weather and Justin says beautiful weather starts bringing houses on the market. So, yeah, if you're looking, it might be time to call him.
2: So here's the question. Would you consider today beautiful? Because I would say no, but it's improving some. But maybe we can be hopeful, we can be optimistic that he couldn't get his phone because he's busy already, even on a Sunday morning.
0: Yeah, 100%. And yes, I do consider today beautiful. Um, I brought my weather to Phoenix with me. Did you see? We because I went down there. We you had forties and rain. Forties and rain, and it was uh, it was marvelous. Except for everybody else, everybody else was like, oh, I can't and I'm like, no, guys, just, this is wonderful.
2: Everybody else's dark cloud is Dave Cook's ray
0: of yep, sunshine. That's exactly why I right. love my
2: co-hosts, Brian Brunholm, Dave Cook. We are the Northland Sports Page. Justin May's segment is filtered by buy or sell. Yeah. Where what we do is we give a statement, and by we I mean me give a statement from all four major professional leagues. And if you buy, it means you agree and you tell me why. And if you sell, you disagree and you tell me why. So now you're going to play the role of Justin May and at least give me the order. And then we'll bandy about our opinions on each.
0: Yep. Let's start uh, spring training fired up. Let's start with baseball.
2: All right. Spring training. We'll have more on this in hour number two. We hope to get a twins fan from twins daily who is in Florida to give us a little more insight to the twins, but Last week, we had a spirited conversation about the extra innings rule and will it ruin baseball? Will it help baseball? What will it do? Now, as spring training games have started, I'm far less concerned about that. And I'm already concerned about the pitch clock violations, the shift violations. We've seen games end already this way. Buy or sell that these types of tweaks are actually going to be what ruin baseball and not getting fancy after nine innings i
0: i think that the pitch clock is going to be a non-issue by june um i think that i mean it's just going to take people to get used to it right i mean it's a timing thing so i think that's not going to be an issue at all i do think the shifting is going to be weird because umpires are going to have to measure how much of their foot is in the dirt because infielders can't be in the outfield. Uh, I still think what we read the other day that the outfield shift is going to now be a thing. Um, You know, Kepler might think he's got a great opportunity until a left fielder is playing Rover. Uh, And so I I think that one is going to be the one that gets you because the focus of the umpire is going to be on so many things.
2: Right. I'm going to sell this because I use the word ruin. And for me, you can't ruin baseball. I like it too much, but that's also what makes it difficult for me to respond to it because All these changes they're making, I know they're trying to speed it along, but deep down they're trying to attract more fans. And they're doing what they think is best to suck them in. You've already got me. I don't need to be enticed by anything. So I don't know if this ruins it for those of us that have been loyal to it, but I'm excited, in heavy air quotes, to figure out how the violations are applied because I read in the Star Tribune this morning that there was a violation in yesterday's Twins victory and. Joey Gallo started trotting home because he thought the result of the violation was a free base when actually it was just a ball added to the count against the pitcher. Yep. And the other weird piece is when you think of pitch clock, a violation would be against the pitcher. Most of the time it doesn't seem like that's the case. It's the batters taking too long to get back in the box and we're seeing people get rung up on a pitch that isn't thrown. If its bases loaded two outs in a big moment and that kind of thing happens, I'm not going to love this, but I don't know about Ruin.
0: I think the batter's clock is the one thing that fans of all generations will like. And I say that because, you know, people like in our parents' generation, you know, the human rain delay, this is ridiculous, get in the box. Well, this is going to make that go away, right? You know, we've talked about how slow the game is. been. Every single player's got to fool around with their gloves. That goes away now too. And so, and the, and the younger kids want it to go faster. I think that, batter clock is going to be something that works for everybody. And again, I think by June 1st, it's not going to matter. They'll have adjusted. All right. What league is next? Well, let's go to the NHL. All
2: right. The NHL, we've talked a lot about NHL activity, specifically over the last 24 hours with the big games for goalies yesterday, the the trades that could or could not be on the horizon, the wild play in a couple of hours. The wild have actually been playing pretty well. Mm -hmm. Buy or sell, they've done enough to increase your confidence in them, and they've turned a
0: corner. Wow. That's a tough one. Um, I, you know, here's the thing. I'm frustrated with their play, but they're five, two and two. In their right. Last, right. In their last night. Every
2: time you look, they at least got a big point. If not a big W.
0: I think Bill Guerin needs to bring somebody in to play next to Matthew Boldy, to see what you actually have there. And I think, you know, as much as Frederick Goudreau does a great job in the, Thank you. in the, in the shoot. Thank
2: you. Look at you saying nice things about the guy I love.
0: Um, He's not a guy that's going to make Boldy better.
2: He's not there. You feel better?
0: And so, you righted yourself. And so they, they need to fix that spot. You know, you had said earlier, do you think Patrick Kane matters? If, if they were to get Patrick Kane and sit him with Boldy, yeah, I think that he matters. I think they need to get somebody that Boldy can play with and put up big numbers.
2: I don't know if they'll play together, but I think the bigger likelihood is Brock Besser because all you're hearing about is Brock Besser's agent actually reaching out to Billy saying he wants to be here. You don't find, get that everywhere.
0: No, but they got to find somebody to take next year's contract on. True. Because they don't have that kind of money.
2: Well, I'll reach out to Toronto and Boston and all the guys we've been yeah, helping in you terms of us, salary man. here you recently. Yeah. <laughs> Give them a little promissory note
0: or whatever the case may be. I owe you.
2: I'm going to buy that they've turned enough of a corner, but my reasoning is very personal. I'm a rarity although you are right there with me in that we love basketball and we love hockey and most people pit it as a rivalry in this state. I need to champion somebody at the pro level right now. And my choices are the Wolves or the Wild. And the Wild are in this thing and playing well. They're inconsistent too, but the Wolves, when it comes to inconsistency, they say hold my beer and set the bar for everybody. And yeah. If there's somebody I want to dedicate time to right now, it's the Wild.
0: You just don't know what you're getting with the Timberwolves. And really you can look at the team they're playing and if they're playing a good team, you're going to get effort. And if they're playing a bad team, it's like You know, we talk about it with high school teams all the time. You know, you throw your helmet on or your jersey on the ice and you think you're going to win. Well, the Timberwolves seem to do that against lesser teams, and it's just not how it plays. It was what we were hoping Conley and Gobert, and then to a lesser extent Conley was going to fix, and they still are. It's like, oh, hey, Washington's coming. We'll see you tomorrow at practice.
2: All right, so we morphed that into an NBA discussion. Would you like to go there next? Yes, yes, let's go there. All right, my buy or sell has to do with last weekend's slam dunk contest. Yeah. Mac McClung. Go ahead and Google it. He won the slam dunk contest. He has played in two NBA games in his career. Buy or sell that the NBA should stop letting non-All-Star selections participate in these. Bear in I, mind, your guy Zach Levine never would have won then.
0: Okay. So, Dad and I way back used to say the dumbest thing about Major League Baseball uh, All-Star game is that if you had a couple of good at-bats, you were, chances are you're going to be in the All-Star game because they only picked on half a year. So in order to stay true to that, I have to say, yeah, we need just to have the all-stars do that. Or maybe you have to put a minute's limit on it, but you can't have somebody like then Forbes, the guy that the Timberwolves cut and then he got in trouble. Yeah. He was a, he was a three point master specialist, right? So why wasn't he in a three point contest? Right. And so I think we have to avoid that because it minimizes, I think the, the, um, uh, players in the All Star Game, and I think you could do the the Future Stars Game, and anybody in that one could play as well, or go for the dunk contest as well.
2: I'll buy that as well because the problem is we aren't getting the best of the best wanting to do this, and I'm not about forcing them to do it. But what I rather see Mac McClung or LeBron James in a dunk contest. You know, I'd like to see Steph Curry do what Larry Bird did so many times and say, "I'm the best three point shooter in the game." Let me go out and prove it on the All Star Weekend too. Yep. The All Star Weekend is supposed to showcase the best players. Let those competitions do the same thing. Agreed. I mean, it's it's fun because Mac McClung basically went viral, but for how long?
0: Yeah, and, and I mean, good on him, right? I mean, that's that's fantastic. But again, the All-Star weekend should be an All-Star weekend.
2: All right, so we're closing with NFL, and I know as I give this to you, on the surface, it sounds preposterous, so have that in your head going in. There are three quarterbacks that are going to be at least tepid commodities, depending upon decisions, in this offseason. Lamar, Rodgers and Carr, I'm going to pretend Lamar's just going to go back to Baltimore because that's what I think we'll see but that's what I think preposterously stated buy or sell you'd rather have Derek Carr right now than Aaron Rodgers
0: well it depends on the team Um, okay if if I have a young team I don't want anything to do with Rodgers Um, and that's why you know I've been saying the guy who can put the jets over the over the top is Rodgers. I think they go with Carr because I could see Rodgers going in there and ruining some of their young kids Right? because that's kind of what he was doing at the end in Green Bay. Now, once the kids got better on their own, he was in, but he man, he could have wrecked those receivers early in the season. I I think that Rodgers though in um in 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 Vegas As long as Josh McDaniels realized that the real coach in Vegas then would be Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think he's got his buddy. They're a veteran football team. I think him in Vegas would make Vegas really tough.
2: Well, that's the interesting piece. You bring up a lot of them because Derek Carr is younger. Neither are young, but much younger is Derek Carr. Derek Carr wouldn't come to your team wanting a list of demands, calling all the shots, but he wouldn't come with the talent level either. There's no question Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback. Right. Maybe the measuring stick is Devontae Adams because they both had him. And Devontae had a monster season this year. But Derek Carr, even with that weapon, still got benched.
0: Yeah, Derek Carr's problem is what he came into the league with. and Derek that is, Carr's
2: problem is between his ears.
0: Right. He doesn't handle pressure. He never has. He didn't in college. That's the reason he wasn't a first-round pick is that if you put pressure up the middle on him, he panicked. And, and he still panics. And, you know, when the Raiders gave up pressure, he was, a, he was kind of a mess. But, you know, the Jets... They'll have to draft a little offensive line, but their tackles are good uh, and their receivers are good. I just think he's a decent foot fit there to get over the edge because uh, not unlike San Francisco, to be honest, what they need is they need a healthy quarterback that doesn't make stupid plays, and I think Carr will be that guy.
2: I'll part with a statement that nobody will like, all of a sudden it makes having Kirk Cousins not seem so bad, does right. it? Right. That is buy or sell. If you'd like to buy or sell anything involving your home, Do it with Justin May at Messina Associates, 218-310-9559. We'll stick around. We'll be right back. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery.